Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com. That's Alienware.com slash deals. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was so cool I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. So, uh, everyone, this is one of our classic episodes, and this is one of the uh, episodes that uh, appeared to, unfortunately, become increasingly prescient. Yeah. M-Raps. Hanging out on your street. Is this the one about the seminal um, rock band The Police becoming your army? <laughs> no. 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 Oh. no but, uh, but somebody sure was a smart aleck when they wrote the, the meta for this one. <laughs> was it you, Ben? Uh, I think it was. Well, yeah. Anytime I, anytime I dog on something related to the show, it's usually my fault. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a topic that, um, you know, originally we got, we got a little bit of pushback about. We did an episode on the militarization of police, the origins of that recent militarization uh, and a little bit of speculation about the future and the economics behind this. Not for nothing uh, did Matt just shout out MRAPs. Yeah, MRAPs, grenade launchers, uh, serious surplus headed to your, not hopefully not doorway, but maybe around the corner, just on the street sometimes. So sit back and you don't have to, but put on that red and blue light and enjoy this episode. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, I'm Matt. 
and I'm Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, we're with our super producer, Noel, here. Noel, could we get some uh, sirens or maybe, like, the remember that Cops theme song? Pretty sure we're going to have plenty of those just in the mix already. Oh, that's true. Our office. For uh, anyone who's a longtime listener, you may have heard references in our show or other shows to the sirens that occasionally come through our super secret studio here. Super, super secret in the middle of Buckhead. Yeah, uh, the neighborhood of Buckhead in Atlanta, Georgia, for those who are not illuminated to this idea, uh, is full of cranky people. Yeah, I mean... That's a fair way to say it. It is the, I don't know, I guess the financial district of... Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, there, right? There are some big businesses here and some upscale areas. Uh, so one would think, hey, wait, Matt and Ben, aren't police sirens more likely to be associated with uh, less wealthy areas? Well, the problem here is that a lot of those sirens come from cops giving people tickets for bad driving. Yes, there's lots of money to be made from citations. I mean, people to protect from speeding drivers. Right. Well, there are also quite a few drivers here. My car show oh host is gosh. coming out who don't feel like they should need to ob- obey the rules of the road. Yeah, there's no one on the road but me and my Mercedes slash BMW slash whatever you want to mm-hmm. insert there. But for most people, just the threat, the the possibility of being punished by the police or cited by the police is enough of a deterrent that uh, we will uh, pretend that those lines in the middle of the road are something else other than paint, right? Yeah. Uh, the police have a psychologically crucial role in the, I guess, the cohesion of a state, not just the United States. And today we're talking about something that was, um, that's an idea that you had proposed for us earlier, which was the militarization of police. Well, yeah, the, this topic is coming up all over the place. I'm seeing links, tons of links, especially on Reddit, mm-hmm. uh, about certain instances. There was one in Georgia not long ago. I think it was last month where there was a no knock. Uh, drug raid in right. the house mm-hmm. and a baby was sleeping in the room, I guess the living room with the rest of the family and a flashbang grenade landed in the crib. The child was in a medically induced coma for a while. I believe the child is out now of the coma or at oh, least good. Uh, I'm not positive on that. I need to look back up on that. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it, it's all over the place. Uh, the Cato Institute's been talking about this. Sure. What's a, a what's a no knock raid? A no-knock raid is when, in in the middle of the night, a SWAT team or other form of paramilitary-style police force breaks into a home, usually just busts through the front door, Mm -hmm. and takes everybody, basically detains everyone in the house, and Mm -hmm. searches the house. And that is typically, or theoretically, it is based on intelligence that has been gathered so they're not just rolling the dice and picking a house they believe the problem is a lot of times the information that they're given is maybe not perfect sure um or perhaps they are raiding the wrong house there are many instances of the wrong houses being raided Mm -hmm. then a person inside i know we're getting a little deep already before we're getting into this ben these are just the things that have been on my mind yeah i think it's important to know why you wanted to cover this okay um I think it's just something that 
I don't potentially see myself dealing with, uh, cross, crossing fingers, knocking on wood and all sure, of that. Sure. But it is, um, a fear now, I think that exists across America, especially, mm-hmm. um, that the police might show up for some reason, maybe just because they have wrong intel and bust in your house. Ah, uh, okay. So the transformation of perception of the police from a protective force to a, uh, a punitive force. Sure. Okay. That's what's interesting here is that we have these two groups, right? The police and the military. Uh, and in our video series this week, we've taken a look at some of the intersections between the rights of civilians or citizens and uh, the rights and responsibilities of police officers. We had Can You Record Police, one mm-hmm. of our old episodes, uh, updated as excellent remix and classic out there on Monday, I think, of this week. And we have another upcoming episode, uh, which is going to be about this militarization of police topic. And we found a lot of interesting things while we were doing, uh, while we were doing this, um, one of, one of the easiest, most basic B level, if I could say that, mm-hmm. is, uh, ways to differentiate between the police and the military, uh, comes to us from a guy named Radley Balco. Yes, he has a quote here. Uh, well, he's also, it should be noted that he's the author of several books. One of them is Rise of the Warrior Cop, the Militarization of America's Police Forces, and the other is Overkill, the Rise of Paramilitary Police Raids in America. And uh, you can read Overkill for free online via the Cato Institute. Nice. And his quote that he has here, where I guess we're going to kind of get things rolling with this, he says, quote, These are two very different jobs. The role of police officers is to protect our rights and keep the peace while the military's job is to annihilate foreign enemies. And uh, let's go ahead and have the, whoa, hold on, sound effect there. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. Uh, everybody who objected to that uh, differentiation by Balco, we understand where you're coming from. Sure. It is it, it is an oversimplification to say the military's job is to annihilate foreign enemies. Uh, some people would prefer something like, Something a little more glass half full, like to protect America's interest abroad. That, yeah, well, uh, that's glass, uh, filled with something. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, role of police officers to protect rights, keep the peace. Some people would say, well, the role of police officers is just to enforce the law, not necessarily to protect people. But yeah, I think that it's, it's sad that it used to go without saying, and it doesn't anymore, that both members of the military, current and past, and, uh, members of police forces, current and past, are also people who would save innocent lives, you know? Oh, yeah. People who would save criminal lives, honestly. Absolutely. And the police and military, depending on who you're talking to, are referred to in this kind of monolithic block Figure this entire group that you speak about. Uh, if you know, if you're talking about them, one occurrence or something, the way I did earlier, mm-hmm. I kind of talked about the police as this one thing, but really, it's just a group of individuals, and each one just as different from the last. So we we kind of have to remember that when we're talking about this subject. Yeah, these are all human beings on both sides of this debate. And one of the reasons that we take pains to set this up is because uh, the militarization of police can be a controversial topic. 
And whenever you deal with a controversial topic, one thing that unscrupulous opponents will do on the other side of a debate to try to discredit you or dissuade you is to rely upon emotional arguments, you know, mm-hmm. to say, uh, you know, like the, the wars that people have been falsely led into hinged upon emotional things, not on facts. So yeah. what we're doing is just talking about the facts and we want to get it out of the way and say that we are not talking about these people as just some group of faceless, mindless machines. These are, these are real people. And in many, uh, in the vast majority of cases, uh, neither members of the military nor most police officers are responsible for the policies that come down, right? These mandates. Ben, for, for decades, it's this difference has been rather evident between police officers or the police force and military. And that's on all kinds of different levels. You can look at the tactics. You can look at their equipment, um, kind of the methodology that they use to go about what they're doing. And this dichotomy, Ben, was kind of taken as a given, basically. Like there is, there is an absolute mm-hmm. underlying difference between police and military. And we know that there's some overlap too, right? Mm-hmm. Like both uh, police and members of the military do differ from civilians in with some varying expectations as well. And in practice, at least, different treatment under the law. It could be something formal like a military court that a soldier goes to or something informal like the infamous blue line of loyalty where cops will uh, band together to protect another police officer. Well, and there's a reason they do that a lot of times, and it's because they're in harm's way almost Mm. constantly. Well, a lot of the time they're in harm's way, and that could be because they're protecting themselves, protecting a civilian, another citizen, Mm. or even, you know, protecting... You know, your really good friend, perhaps, who is also happening, he happens to be on the police force. Sure. Or there's, you know, let's not forget that mob rule is a thing that can happen. And there are times when police are protecting criminals so that they could have their due rights under the law. And let's also point out that uh, because of the way that um Entertainment disguised as news is often presented to people. Uh, you're probably not going to hear about a lot of the heroic stories, which you're often going to hear about are going to be the bad guy cases. You know, the one, the someone who, uh, flipped and went, uh, dirty for a little bit of side money off drugs or someone who committed uh, a war crime because that sells more advertising space. Gets more clicks. Yeah. Right. Um, but we do know, uh, we do know that in the United States, at least, the concept of the separation between the police and the military is a huge deal. And it's, it's something that a lot of people may have heard about for the first time, but it is by no means the first time that this has been a concern in the United States. As a matter of fact, uh, our, Older legislators that came before us were so concerned about this that they passed a law about it, right? Yeah, that's right. The Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. Uh, so it, this thing was basically designed to create a clear division between the military and the domestic forces, the police forces in the U.S. So, yeah, it, it says that the U.S. military originally, it said the U.S. military uh, cannot intervene in law enforcement operations. So domestic stuff that the police would do, um, no matter how bad 
Blockbuster may want you to return that Blu-ray you stole right before the store closed, they cannot send the Marines after you. That is a comforting thought. I mean, the, there still is like one Blockbuster open. I think I think it's in Alaska. Oh, man. Actually, there's several. I'm sorry, Blockbuster. Just a lot of the stores closed. Blockbuster, I want you to know that I would still be using your store if you were open, and I did until you closed. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I brought it down. Sorry, man. No, not, my, okay. not my best example, but this is not a uniform, um, uh, uh, not a blanket law, right? There are exceptions. No. Oh, yeah, there's there are a couple different exceptions. There's one provision in there that says the law can be temporarily, uh, I guess, repealed hmm. for certain instances. And there's even a waiver that the president can sign that can kind of uh, suspend the law. Yeah, like a hall pass for the military yeah. to enter into the well, and that's field. that's for emergency situations, right? Uh, and you know, it's I think it's been used twice in the U.S. Yeah, at least twice. Yeah, uh, at, at least twice. Um, probably more than that now. That that comes from a um, a How Stuff Works article that our buddy Josh wrote on the Delta Force, right? Oh yeah, that's exactly right. I remember that. And they're uh, they're a fairly mysterious thing that we should probably cover um, in a future episode, too, now that I think about it. Great name. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So critics of the current trend between the police and the military tell us that Pretty much from the jump, Posse Comitatus has been under attack by various various interest groups. And it is true that over the decades, this act has been changed and there have been exceptions added. And a lot of these either existed in the original act, like the, you know, the National Guard and state defense forces are under the governor of a state. So mm-hmm. those don't really apply with Posse Comitatus. Um, and then there are some added Later, uh, with the Insurrection Act uh, during the Los Angeles riots, right? Yeah, that was a huge one. And then, gosh, there's one where the Attorney General can request that the Secretary of Defense provides emergency assistance if basically a civilian law enforcement agency can't handle right. a situation. They're, they have inadequate uh, equipment or, or forces. Sure. Um LAPD attacked by Godzilla. We can't handle that. Well, yeah. Or if there's a, a real nuclear material threat, that kind of thing, radiological mm. weapons. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, the military can also come in as a support role for uh, certain joint special operations command. Ah, uh, JSOC. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So people still to this day debate about whether or not Posse Comitatus is being eroded as well as the specifics about how and when a nation's military should be called to act domestically. Um, so this militarization, right? So we've established that there's a history of it. Mm-hmm. And in our video, we talked about the uh, history of SWAT teams a little bit, right? Yeah, if you want to learn more about that, please go back and watch our videos. Um, but, okay, so long story short, the SWAT team became really popular with the police and the public to an extent and politicians. Uh, and that's because they, <laughs> there were several highly publicized events where a SWAT team was used. Mm-hmm. And they came out looking really good because they were effective, they were fast, and mostly effective. Right, yeah. Uh, they became sort of the next hot item. I mean, the movies involving SWAT teams, television shows, uh, when they, when they first came out, which is toward the sixties, as we talk about in our upcoming episode, uh, they had a, a fairly narrowly defined mission and they operated in primarily urban areas. So throughout the seventies, there, these, they come out in, um, probably the mid-60s as a result of uh, 
some problems that the LAPD was actually having, not Godzilla related. Well, yeah, larger firearms being used by by criminals mm-hmm. when they were trying to respond. Sure, uh, body armor being used. Mm-hmm. Enormous racial tension. Mm-hmm. Getting very close to um, a a. Uh, unrest that would be like a regional war. Yeah, full-scale rioting was happening. Yeah, like a city war. So uh, gradually, SWAT teams increase. You know, this large urban area gets one, this one gets one. People are saying, oh, finally, we have someone for hostage negotiations or things that are already on the brink of catastrophic violence. And uh, this worked in their not only their public perception continued to rise, but more and more police departments looked at these paramilitary units favorably. And then something crazy happened in the 1980s. Well, yeah, right. Well, right before the 1980s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Nixon gave his famous speech, or I guess it was a little talking point that he added in about public enemy number one being drugs and drug abuse. Then we get to the Reagan administration in the 80s, mm-hmm. and we look at... Not that nothing happened in between those two, uh, <laughs> because there are certainly things that happened. But that's during the Reagan administration. We had all kinds of new funding, new equipment. Um, I think in 1986, we have a short clip of this. But in 1986, uh, the Reagan administration had increased the drug enforcement agency and basically war on drugs uh, amount of money they were spending by three times at least from 81 to 86. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes SWAT teams and all kinds of other paramilitary police units all across the country. You know, I just want to point out when you said, not that we're saying nothing happened in the 70s. Yeah. What if that's the phantom history? Oh. <laughs> 1970s just didn't happen. Yeah. If you were born then, they lied to you. Oh, gosh. Go, go find the hospital. Ask for the original birth certificate. It goes so deep, man. I am, I am so kidding. Please don't do that unless you need a copy of your birth certificate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's right. That's a great point. 1986, Reagan did issue this, uh, national security decision directive. And this is interesting because it calls drugs a threat to U.S. national security and national security. Uh, all in addition to being a legitimate concern for a, a country in the United States, at least, and in a lot of Western countries, it's begun to function as this password for unlimited money. Yeah. It's like the Konami code. That's exactly what it is. National uh, security. Oh, thank you. I'll I'll take all of that. Well, sir, we really can't handle it. National security. OK, that's fine. Here's seven more billion dollars. So, yeah, that's that's a I know we're being a bit tongue in cheek about it, but it does in this case at least, unlock a hell of a lot of funding. And the every uh everybody is cooperating to share information, equipment, tactics. We have a little bit of a list of the different things uh that that were passed, right? So nineteen eighty six we talked about Reagan, but then uh in nineteen nineteen eighty eight some other stuff happened. Yeah, Congress ordered the National Guard to assist uh drug enforcement efforts. And and because of this order, National Guard troops today still patrol for marijuana plants and assist in basically this huge anti-drug operation in every state in the country looking for the plants themselves. Mm-hmm. In 1989, uh, President Bush created a series of regional task force in the DOD, Department of Defense, uh, just to cooperate 
just to facilitate cooperation, excuse me, uh, between the military and police forces. So how do we best coordinate uh, this transfer of equipment or vehicles, weaponry, tactics, training, uh, people that we're on the lookout for. You know, you, you can also, if you read between the lines here, clearly that's a comment on wiretapping. Oh, sure. Well, and keep in mind, we're, we're involved, the U.S. is involved in all kinds of narco wars all across Central and South America. Sure, Central time. Asia as well. And it's the military performing all of those mm-hmm. actions. So then they're working directly with perhaps people in, you know, if anything gets inside the United States, they're trying to mm-hmm. coordinate with that. So then in 1994, the DOD issued this memorandum that authorized the transfer of equipment and tech to state and local police. And in that same year, Congress created the reutilization program, Mm -hmm. which essentially facilitated the handling of military gear over to civilian and police agencies. So if we look at specific numbers, what, what does that mean exactly? Okay, so... Just between 1995 and 1997, the Pentagon distributed 3,800 M16s, 2,185 M14s, 73 grenade launchers, and 112 armored personnel carriers to civilian police agencies all across the country. Right. One year alone, that totals up to more than 1.2 million pieces of military equipment. And this is just a brief history. So we can now we can talk about the current state of militarization, because as I believe we say in our video, whether or not you are an opponent of this, you think it's bad or you're an advocate of it and you think that it's an effective way to prevent crime, no one can deny that the police in the United States and several other countries are increasingly militarized, both in terms of tactics and equipment. Okay, Ben, so let's look at the current state. We've talked about 70s, 80s, 90s. Where are we right now? In a widely cited survey, uh, this criminologist Peter Kraska, he found that as of 1997, almost 90% of cities with populations 50,000 or more had at least one paramilitary police unit. That's twice as many in the mid 1980s. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, stroll through some more numbers here. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, the ACLU released a year long study of this tendency in, in police forces, looked at 800 deployments of SWAT uh, special weapon and tactics teams across 20 local, state and federal agencies from 2011 to 2012. So statistically speaking, this is pretty much Fresh, fresh out of the pizza oven. As fresh as we can probably get. Right. Uh, 62% of those raids surveyed were to conduct searches for drugs, not the narrowly defined, uh, incredibly dangerous stuff. Now, of course, these, these people are putting their lives at risk when they do this, sure. but the, uh, the interdiction of drugs was not originally a SWAT team mission or even within their realm. This is what we call mission creep. Um, just under 80% uh, were to serve a search warrant. So that means 8 in 10 of these SWAT raids were not initiated to get a school shooter or a hostage taker or an escaped felon, uh, but to investigate someone who is still suspected of committing a crime. Yeah, they sent the big dogs to find someone suspected of a crime. 
I mean, you know, suspected is a heck of a word because well, legally sure. in the U.S. you're required to say suspected. Well, yeah, and and if you are able to get a warrant, there is probably enough evidence against you to at least what they believe to prove. Right. Something. Yeah. So. You know, we're not saying they're all good guys or all bad guys. It's just they're suspect. But what we are saying is that some of the reasons that SWAT teams are often justified, right, as mm-hmm. a, as an expense, because it's expensive to have such a high level of training, expertise, and equipment, um, the, the common justification is to prevent violent things from happening. But it looks like, according to this ACLU report at least, that just 7% of those SWAT raids were for hostages, barricades, or active shooter scenarios. So kind of the original reasoning for having a SWAT team just in – back in the day, the reason for their creation. Right. And additionally, uh, we'll just launch you a couple more facts. And this is all, again, according to the ACLU study, in at least 36% of these SWAT raid studies, no contraband at all was found. So, in you know, a, a home invasion, right, or an active mission, mm-hmm. uh, and not only, not only do they not prevent a violent crime, which I don't know. That's kind of unfair to say, Matt, because it's really tough to say that someone didn't prevent something. How do you prove a negative? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, but there wasn't any, you know, contraband. So no illegal weapons or counterfeit money or or drugs or something like that. Uh, the scary part is that the the ACLU estimates that due to incomplete police reports. This figure could be higher than 36. It could be 65 percent. Now, we do know that there are other things uh, that occur here, like SWAT tactics are disproportionately used on people of color. If you just look at the numbers, um, there's usually forced entry. 65 percent of SWAT deployments involve a forced entry, battering ram, boot, explosive device. Then over half of those raids, uh, the police fail to find anything, really, any kind of weapon. but the presence of which is cited for the reason of these violent tactics. So they, they'll go in saying, well, these, this guy's armed or right. this group is armed, but then they won't find anything. And there's another question there that goes back to the safety of the people conducting these things. How do you know if they're not armed, right? Well, yeah. And if you think they may be armed, how do you not go in guns blazing and mm-hmm. throwing flashbangs? So, yeah. So this is our, this is our overall look uh, with a little more detail about the nature of militarization in this day and age in this state. And when we return from a word from our sponsor, we'll get into some of the scarier uh, conspiratorial stuff. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrified horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed. Yeah. I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Man, I don't know if I can haul these beats much more. I swear beat farming is not what Dad said it would be. It's just hard work all day, all night, and then all the next day. Oh, man. I wonder what's on TV. Oh, can't watch TV. i got to harvest the rest of these beats. Oh, uh, excuse me. Excuse me there, friend. How'd you get in here? Well, uh, you left the door open, but never mind that. I would have rammed it down. Anyway, I couldn't help but over here on the wiretap that uh, you're having a you're having a tough time at your day job. What what is that exactly? Uh, well, I've been farming beets on this farm. It's been in my family of seven generations. Uh, you know, it's tough. Yeah, it's a it's a noble profession for sure. Uh, but it also seems like it could be one fraught with problems. What, what kind of problems do you have uh, farming these beets? Well, sometimes the beets are too close together and they Ooh. make make like a double beet. Those harder, Yeah, it's harder for those to get them out. Some of the machinery will malfunction. Uh, a lot of times there's not enough water. Ooh. That's one of the biggest problems, to be honest. Well, what would you say if I told you that we could not only fix your problems, but give you an entirely new set of problems that you've never seen before? To be honest, I'm not really interested much in that maybe i can uh, get a do you have a brochure just or imagine instead of this beat up old tractor uh what if you had a tank a mine resistant ambush proof vehicle with armor now 
Now you got me. Don't worry, you'll have armor too. And those other beet farmers are going to be absolutely no possible potential threat that they might someday be if you're also armed with armor-piercing rounds. Because believe me, friend, those other beet farmers already have armor. Now, do you have any armor? Yes, we have we have so many mines. We have mine launchers. Uh, sir, just from the military surplus of the past four minutes alone, we have produced enough armor and uh, war-grade weaponry to supply your beet farm for decades to come. Are you interested? Well, that depends. Hmm. Uh, how much? How much are we talking here? Because you know, I don't exactly make a lot of money selling these beets. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Not to worry. Are you a terrorist? No. Do you sell drugs? No. Then it's free. What? Yes, sir. That's right. Free just for doing your part. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. I am legally not allowed to make jokes. Oh my god! I can't believe. I, I feel like the luckiest man in the world. Bring it in, boys. Oh, we're also giving you an army. Oh, the power! I can feel the power. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Whether you're a law enforcement, a librarian, a beet farmer, or anything between, uh, we too can help you here at militarysurplusftw.gov, and that stands for for the war. That's right. So do your part and help us use up this gigantic military surplus that we have built the American way. We just got too many tanks. Military surplus ftw.gov is not a part of the United States government, the government of Mexico, Canada, the Bahamas, or any other Caribbean nations. Military surplus ftw.gov is not legally a recognized charity and cannot receive donations. Military surplus ftw.gov is legally barred from any comment, consideration, or statement regarding privatized militaries, the International Criminal Court, the ISS, the UN, or NBC. Brought to you by Illumination Global Unlimited. And we're back. Uh, so that's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek commercial for sure, uh, but it leads us seamlessly into some of the conspiracy theories about militarization of the police, right? Yeah, now if you're the chief of a local police department, you can kind of have your own military on a very small scale. Right, and that's what the opponents would say. Uh I guess before we dive into this, one point I do want to make is that for cash-strapped police precincts in, in rural areas or something, uh, this is a gigantic boon. And indeed, it would be a little bit thick-headed to walk away from this because, you know, things like body armor and bulletproof helmets? Uh, absolutely necessary to Right. But uh, the one of the big conspiracy theories, of course, is that there is a uh, what Huffington Post called a police industrial complex. The idea that private corporations that manufacture arms and weapons have made these big agreements with the U.S. government and that they're making military hardware that no one actually needs. Well, yeah, you get the money. Somebody has to take it now that we've manufactured it or else we just lost a whole bunch of money. And then someone will notice and we won't get as much money for our, our budget next year. Our next funding cycle, yeah. right? Like if you don't use the entirety of your budget, then it looks as though you should get your budget cut next year. Yeah. You've got to increase the budget. So the what's interesting about this theory is that there is a um there's a little bit of plausibility to it because we know one of the strange one of the strange things about legislating 
an agreement that goes past, you know, two or four years is that the people who sign it are often not in office to see what happens later, see the effects of it, whether it's a good idea, whether it's uh, a smart one, whether there are too many jets or not enough jets. And, and this is something that is a common concern in the world's militaries as well. Sure. You know, if we just look at the F-35 debacle going on now. Oh man, that is a mess. And then there's the, and then there's the other idea, a little bit more conspiratorial, uh, which is that maybe the companies themselves are pushing this for a new market. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Urban Shield Expo? Uh, <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm I have just not. I don't, mean, me. <laughs> I don't mean to say it in that much of a. Uh, that, was, that was good though. Territorial yeah. thing. Uh, we mention this, I think, every year in Oakland, California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where they essentially invite as many police departments and sheriff departments, mm-hmm. uh, local police out there, and basically it's this huge expo. Think Comic Con, but with military grade weapons uh, for your <laughs> police department. Right, yeah, and these these vendors are advertising uh, various various hardware, but they're also training sessions on things like how to defuse a bomb or how to uh, run point on yeah. a raid. It's essentially a. It really is just a gun show with more equipment because if you've ever been to a gun show, you know there's all kinds of things like training mm-hmm. uh, available to you there. Well, now let's talk about one of the conspiracy conspiratorial ideas because it's not just one idea that is uh maybe the furthest from mainstream discourse but it's something that a lot of people are really worried about right yeah this this is the idea that the reason all of these weapons are in the hands of the local police is because the government or someone is preparing for mass civil unrest mm-hmm. and this goes back to the fema camps mm-hmm. uh, theories this goes back to uh, i mean there's so many the ammunition buy-up right. stuff. Yeah. There are a lot of aspects to this. And there are a lot of pieces, to be honest. They're not necessarily connected, mm-hmm. at least to that head of the octopus thing, but uh, there are a lot of interesting, let's say, happenings. Right, yeah. Uh, some I, I can't remember who it was. It was either somebody on our Facebook or our Twitter, uh, which you can you can hang out with us there, uh, as well, anytime you wish, uh, Matt and I are on there all the time. Uh, on, on one of those, somebody, somebody said, conspir- if I'm a conspiracy theorist, or maybe you're a coincidence theorist. Yeah, that, oh man, where was that? I think that was on YouTube, maybe. Oh, it was on YouTube? Okay. Comment. Yeah, that, that made me laugh, and I thought that was a well-written turn of phrase, but yeah, we also have videos on the, Second Civil War, the people who wanted mm-hmm. to secede. And that's really interesting because, as you and I know, uh, groups of people in the United States attempt to secede way more often than you would think. <laughs> way more often than you even hear about. Yes, yeah, so much more often. And, uh, you know, around the United States alone, dozens and dozens of apocalyptic groups think the world will end, so they don't care what's going to happen next year. Uh, they they don't care. I'm not saying they're violent by any means. Well, yeah, you just when you lose when you lose that desire to live on for the next for the future, what's coming right, in the future, yeah. it's a little terrifying. And and because and of course when you think about it, there would be this massive swell of problems if 
these succession movements were advertised on the news, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why we very rarely hear about these active functioning groups. And it makes you think maybe the news is controlled, Ben. Yeah, well, maybe the news will secede and uh, start their own countries, right? But then uh, also, you know, the same thing will happen in uh, other large countries. Like China is constantly working to keep these various disparate groups and territories united and to quell rebellions, right? Mm -hmm. So those uh, rebellions are often not advertised in the Chinese news the way they are in the United States. Well, yeah, the Internet itself is controlled so much there, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to stop. You you saw the, I forget, I think it was a John Oliver piece maybe about the uh, Tiananmen Square protests that Uh, that happen every year, but the Internet is controlled so heavily that they've actually blocked phrases, all these different phrases that mm -hmm. groups have been trying to put out there to refer to the Tiananmen Square massacre. And now all of them are blocked. You know what's really strange? I don't know if this is still the case, but um, using in the past, using uh, the Internet in some parts of China, not only would it be monitored, but there'd be these little like cartoon cop characters who would show up and say, hey, you know, just for your safety, keeping an eye on you. (laughs) And the weirdest thing was, man, the weirdest thing was they have blue eyes. So if you ever get a chance Whoa. to look up these characters, yeah, this is my, my, uh, one of my old professors pointed this out and he and I talked about it for a while and I still don't know what's going on there. But, uh, it is, it is true that, uh, the possibility of domestic unrest is a historic, uh, is an historic threat to any empire. And if you look at just the size of the United States and the elements that it brings together, uh, I, it, were I one of the chess masters of the country, I would also be concerned with, uh, domestic unrest and national security. You know, it is a real thing, but a lot of people, uh, Jane and John Q. Public are, are very concerned that, uh, for some reason a group might come down on them. Uh, the, you know, if you look at what happened in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, uh, that raised a lot of people's concerns as yeah. well. And Ben, I have to say, there there are quite a few things that John and Jane Q. Public in the U.S. might mm-hmm. be a bit ticked off about. A mm-hmm. uh, ton of little things, couple really big things, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Well, that's what we talk about every week, isn't it? But we're <laughs> going to be covering some very specific things um, about the food we put into our bodies, about the things that are added to that food. Right. And... It's a highly controversial subject, but we're going to look at it Mm -hmm. and see what we can find. So in the meantime, we would, as always, like to thank you so much for uh, taking some time to check out our show. We are overdue for listener mail episodes. Mm -hmm. Send some of those to us. Uh, If we haven't replied yet, don't you worry. We are storing these up and checking our list twice, like some sort of weird... um, Duo Santa Claus. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Duo eh, Santa Claus I get it. the pieces of the Joker. I have there. a huge external hard drive now that's just pumping 
emails and stuff into it. It's true, yeah, and we do have a naughty nice algorithm. But uh, that is not true, but what is true is that you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, we have a website where you can find all of our videos and all of our podcasts, we'll even do a blog occasionally. That website is stuff they don't want you to know.com. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.